externally assassin bugs are they look a little bit like a praying mantis but much more delicate so if you picture a praying mantis how they have their front legs they're raptorial so they're they're um, adapted for grabbing their prey um, and then they've got these spindly little legs that look so incredibly delicate they're um, belong to a group of assassin bugs called the thread-legged assassin bugs. So they look like they could just break and snap into really, really easily. Um, and so these these really long legs um, for walking on the spider webs, and then they've got these raptorial legs at the front for grabbing their prey. And their their mouths are really adapted for prey because they're like these sharp little straws that they use to stab their prey. Um, and to inject any venom that they have to kill the prey and then suck the, the juices out afterwards as well. They have these long antennae as well. So they just basically look a, like a really um, delicate prey mantis that has these very predatory adaptations to them. Linnaean. The Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society of, of London. 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 Linnaean Society of London. I am Anne Wignall. I am a senior lecturer in invertebrate zoology at Massey University in Auckland, New Zealand. And I'm a behavioural ecologist um, and I'm really interested in why animals do what they do and how they do it. Stenolemus seem to be adapted for hunting spiders and we see them um, hunting a, a lot of different species of spiders. So usually when you see a predator hunting dangerous prey, they're often um, specialised for a particular type of prey. But Stenolemus seems to be quite unusual in that they can go after quite a, a wide range of different types of spiders. Um, we also see them eating spider eggs. Um, a few of them seem to um, eat prey that's being caught in the web as well. So that seems a little bit more opportunistic. Um, so things like flies and that that have been stuck in the, the spider web. Predators that hunt dangerous prey use all sorts of tactics to avoid being injured or counterattacked or even in some cases killed by their prey. So the most obvious one is stealth where they'll try and avoid being detected or recognized by their prey as much as they possibly can. They'll avoid making sounds, they'll um, make themselves as, as small as possible so that the prey can't see them. So the classic is lions stalking their prey where they kind of pull their ears down and they, they crouch down low to the ground and they step very carefully. But we see similar behaviours in invertebrates as well when they're stalking their prey where they step very carefully and avoid making sound. We see some predators that hunt dangerous prey trying to trick their prey as well. So that's where things like aggressive mimicry are often found. So we know that some spiders like Portia, which is a type of jumping spider, they will actually pluck the strands of silk when they're hunting other spiders. And other spiders are obviously dangerous prey because they're predators themselves. And so they'll pluck the silk and pretend to be a fly or some sort of prey stuck in the web. So they're creating vibrations by plucking the silk. And the spider in the web will go, oh, great, I've got a meal in the web and we'll come over to grab that meal, but instead Portia will kill them instead. So that's a case of aggressive mimicry where the, the predator is mimicking being food or some other sort of valuable resource to the prey in order to, to trick them and, and get their meal. 
So assassin bugs, when they're hunting spiders, um, they they ha they have two main techniques that we're, we've come across. Um, they stalk the spider across the web and they use aggressive mimicry to lure the spider in towards them. So when they're stalking their prey, they will very carefully step onto the web. Um, they'll often be using their antennae when they first step onto the web as well. They're constantly waving their antennae um, around. We think that they're probably picking up chemical cues um, from the spider web. Um, they can give them information about maybe how big the spider is, where the spider is in the web, things like that. When they're stalking across the web, they use a special way of walking that we think is uh, a self-generated smoke screen. So when they're stalking the spider across the web, it's so important that they don't alert the spider that they're there because the spiders are incredibly dangerous to them. And we do see assassin bugs actually being attacked and killed by the spiders themselves. So they have to be incredibly careful. So when they're walking in the web, they don't just step through the web, like step, 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 step. They will um, tap the silk several times before they'll, they'll place their, their leg down on the web. And while they're, they're walking and while they're, they're standing still on the web as well, they'll, they'll give these irregular bounces of their body. So together, this bouncing behavior and this tapping of the legs kind of masks the sound of footsteps in the web. So if you picture someone walking across the room, you can, you can hear their footsteps and go stomp, 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 stomp. But if you have um, in the spider web these constant bounces and these taps against the, the, the silk, this is going to mask the sound of their footsteps as they're inching forward through the web towards the spider. Um, and that's a way of masking any vibrations that they're generating because the spiders are so um, attuned to any vibrations in their web that will warn them that, that prey or a potential enemy is, is in the web. And so they'll, they'll move very carefully and very slowly. Yes, yeah, bugs don't do anything really in a hurry um, towards the spider. They, these hunts can last for hours um, as they're, they're moving across the web. If they find some silk in the way, they will often cut the silk again, very carefully and very slowly um, to, to inch their way forward towards the spider. Once they reach the spider, that's when they do something that we thought was really weird and really quite dangerous. They start tapping the spider with their antennae. And that to us was kind of the equivalent of creeping up on a sleeping lion and then tapping it on the shoulder. It just seemed like such an incredibly dangerous thing to do. And that made us think that, okay, there, there must be a really good reason for why they're doing this. And they do this tapping behavior, not just when they're stalking, but also when they're luring the spiders in towards them using aggressive mimicry. So if they decide to, to lure the spider in, they will, like the Porsche jumping spiders, they will pluck the silk to create vibrations and that will lure the spider in. But then they'll again tap the spider as they're moving into position to attack it. And again, that seemed really weird. You've got this dangerous predator that you've just lured in um, by pretending to be prey and then you take the time to tap it before killing it and that just seemed incredibly dangerous to us so that's why we wanted to know why they were doing this tapping behavior
It took us a long time to figure out how to test this. We hypothesized that this was a behavior that the assassin bugs were doing in order to either habituate the spiders or distract them from the assassin bug's presence. And so we were thinking for a long time about ways that we could imitate the tapping behavior of the bugs, but in a controlled way. And so we thought about building little mini robots to tap the spiders and the engineers said, no, nope, <laughs> that's a little bit too difficult. Um, we thought about um, moving assassin bugs physically in and out of the hunt, but assassin bugs don't like being disturbed. And of course, any movements that we made would potentially warn the spider. And so that didn't seem like a good idea either. And then we thought, well, why don't we just tap the spider and mimic it that way? And that took us a while to learn how to tap the spiders in a way that was seemed like it was close enough to what the bugs were doing, but without us scaring the spider when we did it. And so we tried a few different ways of tapping. We tried cat's whiskers initially. Cat's whiskers are actually really useful for experiments with spider webs because they they're, they're kind of stiff and so you can get in between the strands of the silk without knocking them quite nicely. But because they are quite stiff, when we tapped them, it looked like the spiders were going, ah, this is a little bit scary. And they tended to run away as soon as we did it. And we thought, well, okay, if the, the cat's whiskers are a little bit stiff, then maybe a human hair might work. But the human hair was a little bit too floppy. <laughs> it tended to knock the silk and it didn't create enough um, rigidity when we were tapping them to to really create the sort of stimulus that we wanted and then we thought well maybe a dog hair and my own dog is a German Shepherd cross so we think she's crossed with a staffy and um, it's just the perfect hair for these experiments it's kind of like a nice balance between being stiff enough to get through the spider silk but also to um, tap the spider without scaring it straight away so that seemed to be kind of like a a fine balance between the two. So yeah, we decided to mimic the assassin bug tapping ourselves and it, it seems to work okay. So we attached the hair to a little bamboo skewer, just what you use for cooking, um, so that we had a little bit of extra reach. So the webs are three-dimensional and so you really need to be able to reach in between the silk strands without knocking anything. Because as soon as you knock, a silk strand to get to the spider that's creating extra stimuli for the spider that might warn the spider that something is there. And so, yes, we tapped them by hand by leaning on a little tripod on the elbow and stretching in between the silk, holding this hair attached to a skewer. We mimicked prey by using a tuning fork, which um, a lot of people may have come across before. You give them a tap and they vibrate at a particular frequency. And these frequencies mimic prey struggling in the web. And it's very exciting to the spiders. They come running over, they try wrapping up the tuning fork and they even try biting it in many instances. But after we tapped the spider and then presented the tuning fork, we found that they were much less aggressive in their responses. In most cases, they didn't respond to the tuning fork, or if they did respond, it was a very minor response. So they would orient perhaps towards it, maybe take a step or two, but that was it. They didn't come running in as often to attack it. 
Um, we had a control where we thought, well, maybe it's just movements nearby the spider that kind of get them used to stimuli being near them and make them less aggressive. So we call that a sham tap, where we moved the, the hair in close towards the spider, but we didn't actually physically touch them. So that's creating um, stimuli near the spider, um, but without that physical stimulus. And we found that in the sham tap treatment that they were just as aggressive as if we did nothing, as if we just presented the, the tuning fork mimicking prey. And so it really seems like having some sort of physical tap on the spider, some sort of physical stimulus, lowers their aggressive responses, even to things that they should attack, like prey in the web. And it's the same way why, why we as people, we're not constantly aware of the feeling of clothes on our bodies because it's constant. Um, and so if we were paying attention to that sensation of shoes on our feet, for example, all the time, it would distract us from things that we should be paying attention to. Um, because we, aren't, we have a limited attention span. We, we should be paying attention to changes rather than to things that stay the same. Habituation is something that all animals do, at least on some level. And so if you picture an animal out in the environment, they need to be aware of changes in their environment because that may mean that they need to change their behavior. So if you become aware of something that alerts you to danger, then you need to run away from that danger or take steps to move away from that danger. And so any sort of change in your environment, you should be really aware of. But things that stay the same, you should be pay, pay less attention to. You should habituate to, to things that tend to stay the same. If they're getting used to um, small touches on the body, while the, the assassin bug is moving into position to attack, then that makes them much less likely to respond if the assassin bug accidentally knocks them while they're moving above them to, to, to kill them essentially. So the assassin bugs, in order to kill the spiders, they need to move above the spider in order to stab them with their, their, their mouth parts, this, this proboscis, this rostrum. And that's a really dangerous place to be because the spider can just turn around and, and bite them and, and kill them. And so by tapping, we think that it's habituating the spider, getting them used to these small, gentle movements so that if the assassin bug does potentially touch them while they're moving into position to attack, then they're in much less danger. Why does tapping work? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a few possibilities. One is that Spiders tend to usually be quite solitary in the spider web. And so when you have instances where another spider is right next to them, it's usually quite important that they don't attack that spider. So it could be a brother or a sister in the web. And so it would not be very good when they're very young to attack their brothers and sisters um, when, they're, when they're together in the nest or when they've just started to disperse. If you attack 
for instance, a potential mate all the time, then that would not be good either because you're not going to have any reproductive success. You're not going to have any offspring. And so cases where you are actually being touched physically by another spider, instances where you um, often should not attack and, and be aggressive. So the mechanism there could be some sort of conserved mechanism in spiders where if you have some sort of physical stimulus, then you don't attack. Um, the other possibility is just that it's just so weird to be, be tapped that the spiders essentially don't know what to do. And so it could be kind of a waiting for more information. Um, and that's why they, they lower their aggression. And the interesting thing is that it's it seems to be conserved across species. So we know that the assassin bugs are tapping spiders of a really broad range of spiders that are not very closely related. And so it seems like a common mechanism, at least, that tapping, from the assassin bugs perspective at least, is something that they should be doing. Um, so there must be some sort of functional reason underlying it. We also see tapping behaviours in other predators. So things like digger wasps will tap cricket prey. Um, and so it may actually be a much more basal thing it, where being tapped or essentially some sort of physical stimulus kind of lowers the probability that an individual is going to run away or, or attack aggressively. Yeah, it, it's, it's a, we, we have a lot of work to do to figure out how this works and why it works. Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society. The Linnaean Society of London. 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 London.